1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphrey's with you as always. Sam will be joining us after the break. We had kind of some schedule conflicts today, so Sam's going to join us after the break to help us preview the WGC FedEx Championships at mighty TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, Memphis, of course, most well-known for the barbecue. Uh, they've got pandas at the zoo. Uh, I think maybe Elvis was from near Memphis. feel like that's kind of a thing that that people talk about. Uh, It's not known for TPC Southwind. Bass Pro Shops, headquartered in Memphis. FedEx, headquartered in Memphis. Not that well known for TPC Southwind. But, I don't know, Taylor. It's, it's that time of year. Every, every year we get to talk for a couple of days about how we're disappointed that this tournament's no longer played at Firestone. And Southland, as much fun as it is, kind of has to be the punching bag for that.
2: Well, first off, with my man Sam not here, I think that we should at least give some credit to some golfers that played before 1945. I, I think that we want to make sure to let everyone know that they still exist, <laughs> that they played the game. Well, I mean, in fairness... They actually don't still exist, I don't believe. Most of them. They're, they're, their reputation still exists. They still and exist amongst the history of golf. And the way I think we should phrase this segment, Colby, is for all our OG listeners out there who are here before us, th- this is the before Sam era, so we'll call this the BS era. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent accurate. So, so, it was the BS era. So, so we'll roll, we'll roll with that, and we're going to roll with it until Sam gets here. But yeah, to, to your point, Kobe, let's get on some serious golf here. I mean, TBC Southwind. It's where the 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 St Jude tournament was, like you just mentioned. FedEx is is headquartered in Memphis, so. They're going to have a FedEx tournament there any time before it was the tournament before the U.S. Open. Used to garner some pretty good players. I know DJ Kepka, uh, Berger, they played there all the time before. And, and obviously players who like to play the week before a major would play. But then when they had the, the major schedule shift a couple years ago when they eliminated, went from four playoff events to three and then made some other changes, they decided to move. This tournament that was the Bridgestone Invitational, where Bridgestone is headquartered in Firestone, Ohio, where Firestone Country Club is. And now we moved it to the uh, TBC Southwind. And just from watching the tournament over the course of 15 years, I mean, I've probably seen more of Firestone than Southwind just because Tiger always played Firestone. But we saw Firestone this year, too, at the senior uh P- senior U.S. Open, maybe? I can't remember which one it was. Uh, senior players. It senior players. at play
1: at, uh, at Firestone every year, actually. So. Senior players. Yeah. So,
2: oh, yes, because they moved, Ooh. after they moved from the Bridgestone, they moved the senior players to there because uh, Firestone was still in a yearly rotation. And we see it at that tournament every year, Colby. I mean, the you got three guys that get under par. It's kind of like Southern Hills in an aspect. And I miss seeing that course. I don't want to completely take a poop on TBC Southwind. I think it's going to be a great tournament. But... It's like when you have the chocolate sundae with everything on it, and then you just get the one scoop of ice cream. It, it, it's not the same, you know? right? Ice cream's still good. Yeah, it's still good. Absolutely. It's still good, but it's not the three scoops with with the banana, the cherry, the chocolate topping, the the whipped cream, the the almonds, whatever else you want to add on it. That's what South or that's what uh, Firestone was, and Southwind's just the one scoop of. I mean, I may, be, I may give it the cookies and cream title. I mean, cookies and cream is pretty good. I wouldn't get stoop as low as just random vanilla or rocky road. But, I mean, it, it, I think it's going to be a good tournament.
1: It will be a good tournament. It will be a good tournament. I want to remind everybody, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. A lot of good golf being played this summer in this state. Make sure you check that out. Speaking of good golf being played in this state, how about Oklahoma getting another commitment from an in-state stud. Ryder Cowan, uh, OCS class of 2023. Taylor, I know he's a family friend of yours and has been for some time. He's been an incredible junior player and yesterday he posted on Instagram uh, just the OU logo and said, after lots of thought, I'm extremely excited to announce my verbal commitment to play golf at the University of Oklahoma. First, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for giving me the gift and passion to play the great game of golf. Secondly, I want to thank my family, friends, and coach Steve Ball, friend of the show Steve Ball, absolutely fantastic for helping me get to this position. I couldn't do it without you all. Lastly, I want to thank uh Coach Hibble and Coach Bill for giving me the opportunity to play golf as a sooner. Let's get to work. Boomer. Taylor, you know what this tells
2: me? Oh, you in 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 route for some championships coming up.
1: This tells me that Ryder Cowan wanted to play in the SEC where it just means more, Taylor. He'll be SEC,
2: a, a, baby. SEC, baby. That was the deciding factor. That was but, the, congrats to Ryder Cowan, man. For real. That's no, awesome And and to put this into perspective you know we we talk we talk good stuff about Ryder cuz not only does he is he a great kid, great family, but you, you pull up junior golf scoreboard, he's 72nd in the world and that is including the 2021 class is still on the rankings. So, yes. he's going to get bumped He was a, he was a sophomore. This he was past a sophomore year. this year. He's still got two more years of high school. I went through and calculated it. I may be off by one or two of my numbers, but according to what I got, he's the 13th ranked uh 2023 classman in the world. So, not only is this great for for the for Ryder and his family, but this is great for the Sooners. they got a hell of a player. I mean, this is, this is a kid who's going to come in, and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and can play as a freshman immediately. Sort of like I think Andrew Goodman may be able to come in next year and play as a freshman. So, I mean... They're teammates, c- yes? Was no, Goodman OCS? Yes? No, uh, no. I think... Whoa, was he? No, because uh, I think Pohill was on his team. Okay, they, I, know, I, think I, kn- the- I knew he
1: had another really high-level... High school teammate. I couldn't remember if it was Goodman or Poe. I
2: think they were all in the same um, class or the same state class. I think they were 3A, I believe. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I think so. I may be be off on that, but I believe so. I mean, good for OU. I mean, Goodman and Cowan, I mean, that's recruiting pretty well in state. Well, and, you know, this is something that I remember when I was – You know, when we are our age school, it's kind of funny because last night we were talking about we have our 10-year high school reunion coming up later in in the month. So it's bringing back a lot of interesting memories. And it kind of made me think that, you know, I, I went back and I thought about when I was growing up being recruited. And I think my recruiting class would have been Coach Hibble's second recruiting class. And in his first two recruiting classes, he got Abe Anser, Charlie Saxon, and Michael Gellerman, all guys who are either PGA Tour or about to be PGA Tour. So, I mean, that just speaks for itself. But up until that point, OU had not been a program that was worth a darn. They weren't inside the top 150, and that may be being generous. And so, at that point, it was, if you're an in-state player and you're good – like Taylor Gooch, Ian Davis were all those other Colton Stags went started off at OSU. You you went to Oklahoma State. That that was that was determined. And Coach Hibble's been able to do such a great job because it's not like OSU has dropped off at all. OU has just picked up and got up on their level, which is what we've wanted, or at least as an OU fan has wanted ever since I was um, can remember. And so it's so great for the state because. If OU and OSU were even and OSU had just slipped and they were a a top 75 program or something random, it would be totally different. But Coach Hibble has done such a fabulous job they're both top five programs in the country. I, I would make a
1: strong case that they're both top two programs in the country. I, I know that the national championship gets decided by match play, but you go look at the golf stat collegiate team rankings over the last four or five years nationally. I mean, it's Oklahoma and Oklahoma State every single year up there. And this past year, they were one and two all year and then flip-flopping toward late in the season. 1A and 1B really in the country. And I, I just hope, you know, for about – Three weeks every year, everybody around here kind of takes notice of how great college golf is in this state. Not everybody's diehards like we are. Not everybody follows it 12 months a year. These guys can really play. These teams are really good. Uh, there was some bad news yesterday out of the USM. Eugenio Chikara from Oklahoma State, who starts in PGA Tour U's top five next year, will be out of the USM. Uh, contracted mono. So, oh, no. Yep, so he's out of the USM. Huge disappointment for him. He was going to be one of the favorites going in this year. Like I said, he debuted at number five in PGA Tour U's rankings for next season. So the golf in this state is just incredible, and it'll just continue to get better with, with Andrew Goodman going to Oklahoma and then Ryder Cowan, following him a couple years later. For, for some reason, I thought this was going to be Ryder's senior year. I didn't realize he had two more years. That's going to be tough for the other juniors in the state of Oklahoma competing with Ryder for two more years because I don't see him going backward. I only see him getting better. Um, and as he starts to fill out and put a little more weight on and get a little bigger, you know he's still a, a young kid, uh, kind of lanky, scrawny a little bit. He puts a little more <laughs> weight on, gains another twenty or thirty yards off the tee. Watch out!
2: And he already hits it far. He has a he has a JT build. If if you were gonna compare, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, very very similar to JT build. And the reason you think that he he was a senior is because he's so good. And you think, right. you know you think that you have some. Here, here's one thing I want to want to ask you about Kobe. So currently I'm on um, junior golf. Um, scoreboard and for for the 2021 class for for OSU they got they obviously got Jordan Wilson from Edmond North a great player yep but they also got so uh, state championship runner up state cha- yeah and we, <laughs> we could get into that but not taking away from Ben Stoller played play a great not player. at all no, great and, player but you look on here and you you know you notice all the names on OSU's team now um, the player they got is uh, from Germany his name is Tiger Christensen so and he's not ranked on junior golf scoreboard. he's from Hamburg Germany. And we know, we noticed OSU, they've gotten, uh, for example, uh, Hovland from Norway. Yep. Basically, my whole point is that it seems like OSU is going a little bit more international. It does. While OSU or while OU is staying in the local area and also kind of hitting the transfer port.
1: So I wonder, Tiger Christensen, is this that big Martin Keimer wave we've been waiting, waiting for? (laughs) <laughs> with, with with German players, it's the
2: Bernhard wave.
1: We we t- the Bernhard wave. I think Car- I think Keimer was the Bernhard wave. I think this kid has to be the Keimer wave.
2: Well, and all Keimer are, was
1: number one player in the world. He was a lot of people
2: don't forget Bernhard. Two was majors, two, two. two majors for Keimer and a players. More more, more underrated two time major champion. Uh, Martin Keimer, or Zach Johnson.
1: Oh whoa, good question. Zach Johnson more consistent over a long period of time, but boy, Keimer's Keimer's a game. Was definitely better than Johnson's.
2: He won the he won the twenty fourteen US Open by eight shots, I think.
1: Yeah, didn't he run away with the players the year he won the players too?
2: I think so. Yeah, well, well
1: the- and, and, and he beat uh, Bubba Watson and uh not dustin
2: johnson in the playoff at the 2010 not dustin johnson should could have been D- dustin johnson D- dj was not
1: invited to participate in the playoff after he grounded his club in a fairway bunker for those of you who've forgotten what happened 11 years ago
2: and and it's easy to do it's a long time ago i mean we got our high school reunion coming up and it feels like it was 30 years ago. right so i mean it's hey, I mean, time hits you fast so i mean just based off of what i just said colby i mean what what do you think about that what if you were a college coach would you would you try to stick more towards because whenever we had Mike McGraw on one of the things that he said that helped um, stabilize the Baylor program was he basically locked off the the borders of Texas he said I'm staying in Texas I'm getting all local guys and he even admitted that that helped towards his uh, the the team chemistry of the team because everyone uh, shared a similar culture would you be more into getting all players around the same area or would you be more national or would you be even like OSU trying to expand and be global? You know, kind of what aspect would you would you approach that?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you're just trying to get the best players you can. I think it varies by university. I think one thing, and we saw a lot of this with Victor Hovland, Oklahoma State is such a smaller town, and really from August to May, the university is the town. I mean, I went to school there. I was there in the, in the summer a couple years. The summer is, I mean, it's about like Chickasha in the summer, but August to May, it's a in town, but it's all about the college. It has a very small family feel to it, and Victor Hovland said time and time again, that's why he stays in Stillwater. He loves the family feel. He came over from Norway. He was homesick, and it gave him this feeling of intimacy and home, whereas a lot of other universities are in metro areas. I mean, Norman is a, a metro of Oklahoma City. Norman is a, a huge suburb of Oklahoma City. It's part of the Oklahoma City metro area. It, it's different I don't know how much of a role that plays into it uh, and I don't know that either school is necessarily doing it right or wrong. They're both the,
2: they're both doing it right.
1: They're, they're the two best programs in the country. So, you know, if Oklahoma State can land a kid from Norway and a kid from Germany and a kid from Sweden and a kid from Switzerland and OU can land a kid from Edmund and a kid from Ardmore and a kid from Norman and another kid from Putnam City. A kid from Rutgers? I mean, let's let's square off in, uh, let's square off at Prairie Dunes and see what happens.
2: And it's going to be a tight race. We saw that. Or I guess in this case, we're not going to be able to do that because one's going to be in the SEC and the other's going to be in the it just means uh, more, a, a Pac-12 Taylor. American. Who knows? It just
1: means more. You think Ryder's excited about playing in the SEC where, Taylor, hashtag, it just means more?
2: Well, oh, God bless. I, I it, it even hurts my skin just to even think
1: about Are we going to go watch Ryder play golf in college at some local tournament and chant SEC when he makes a putt?
2: I think I will. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be funny. Well,
1: that might not be the most obnoxious thing ever. I think go yeah. to a college golf tournament that OU's playing in a ch- SEC.
2: Well, what's weird is that, and I just thought about this. You know how when you get a, a you get an OSU shirt, or I get an OU shirt, and and, a, and some of them have the Big Twelve logo on. Yep. it. Yep. You know, I'm I'm getting OU OU shirts with the SEC logo on it. That's right. gonna be so weird. And your OSU shirt will have whatever conference it has. Yeah. Which it, it sucks that it's dictated by football more than anything because uh. the, the golf conference should go to the best one ever.
1: Let's just let's just take golf programs out of conferences. You just go play in whatever tournament you okay. want to play. We kinda of already do that anyway, and then we just have the conference champions. So, I mean, why not just golf programs, you're no longer part of conferences, go play where you want to play. Just organize tournaments around the country. We've got all these great tournaments. The Western Intercollegiate that's on golf channel every year, out in whatever, cloudy California. I'd love to see how you
2: know you play in that tournament. Why well, don't they get the invite? Makes no sense. That is something I hadn't thought about, Colby, because we talk about all the time just in the football aspect of the NCAA dissolving and not having the kind of hierarchy control that they have, which is really ludicrous at this point of of modern era. But, I mean, if there is nothing sanctioned, I mean, you could have something like that. I still think conferences will still be in play. And we talked about this a little bit on our last show, but this is kind of getting a little bit more into it. I mean, if you're – because one of the big things about the NCAA, right, and they mentioned this about football, is, you know, like you can't – one of the big reasons they didn't want to extend the playoff is because all the all the students, student athletes, would be taking finals. You know, and that was their big excuse was, oh, well, we got finals. We can't do it, blah, blah, blah. Now you have the NCAA come in or don't have those rules. And I know university rules may be different, but you can take finals or you can do all kinds of things to get around that. Trust me, I had to do it at, at, a, at my local university. So, I mean, there's – I think that if you did get rid of that aspect, it would open up a lot more avenues for things like that, where you can, it's not necessarily the wild, wild west, but you could have so many more cool tournaments, I feel like, and you could do so many great things.
1: And well, like, Imagine if Prairie Dunes hosted a tournament every year, and every year the tournament was in mid to late March, let's say late March, every year, and what they would do is on March 15th, they made the cutoff, top 10 teams in the country, you show up at Prairie Dunes the last week in March, Top ten teams in the country go at it. Three rounds, fifty four holes. So it's, it'd be awesome. It's similar
2: to the East Lake Cup, just on a kind of a bigger
1: basis. Yeah, and, and more, and, and I would more say, recent and, I, and more recent and more current, better teams because like next year, the final four in the match play are going go to go the East Lake Cup. Final four in the match play lost some guys. It's going to be different teams. If if Prairie Dunes were able to do what they wanted to, or maybe you wouldn't even have to wait that long to make the cutoff because teams have to make their schedules. I guess I wasn't thinking about the logistics of it. But maybe in uh, maybe on December 1st, Prairie Dunes sends out the invites. We'll have the fall schedule behind us at that point. We'll kind of know what's going on.
2: Maybe December 1st they send out the invites for a March tournament. Here's something that, that I hadn't thought about is, is that – I, I don't think OU and OSU have this problem because they have such great um, donorship. But how many of the smaller golf, pro, golf programs are relying on football money to stay going?
1: Uh, yeah, a bunch. So, I mean, I mean th- those that don't have big donors.
2: So then you're looking at the aspect of, well, if we try to get away from conferences and do our own thing, well, then we can't get the necessary revenue off of the football that we need. Look who's in. Yeah, Sam. I agree. What's up? <laughs> Sam agrees with that Sam, statement. Yes or no, it just means more to play golf in the SEC.
1: And that's why Ryder Cowan committed to Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, obviously. obviously. I mean, SEC gets
0: the best athletes. Ryder Cowan, if you've ever seen him, as a physical specimen. I mean, the, so- the, SEC, <laughs> the SEC is his most clear path to the NFL. That's, yeah, no I mean, doubt. That's basically what I'm looking at. No doubt. Yeah, no, but 100 being Being 100% serious here, uh... The SEC means nothing for golf. Like I, it, the con- conferences mean absolutely That's nothing. That's literally that, what we were just talking. We about. literally talk, we, okay. were,
2: we were talking about the logistics of could college golf break away from conferences and do their own thing. That's what we were just talking could about. Could college so. golf break like, away? Like
1: basically, we're saying have more national tournaments, and, and logistically, it could cause problems. But basically, my theory was, let's say Prairie Dunes wants to Wait, host what, a tournament what do you mean every by March, that? like
0: more. More national tournaments.
1: Uh, so so let's say Prairie Dunes, each March, wants to host a tournament. Okay, they, they send out the invites on December 1st, once we've had the fall season, and we know who pretty much the top 10 teams in the country are. And Prairie Dunes invites the top 10 teams in the country to show up the second week in March and duke it out. That could be Pepperdine or... Oregon, Oklahoma, Florida State, Oklahoma State, Illinois, Rutgers from the Northeast. Bring them all into the center of the country to Prairie Dunes. Conferences be damned, and let's tee it up and play some golf. I, I think more well, college events like already. that would be awesome.
0: Well, they do that already anyways. With tournaments like the East Lake Cup. they, they well, have. That's
1: from the year before. And ranges. they have
0: different levels of tournaments like in college golf. You have teams that will go play a, a weaker field uh, to try to gain some confidence, but most of the tournaments that we see OU and OSU play in are – big time tournaments with the top 10 teams or top or eight of the top 10 and those tournaments anyways.
1: I, I just see tournaments like the Western Intercollegiate that's on Golf Channel every year, and it's always out in California and then some cold place, and it's always San Diego State and Pepperdine and Stanford and Cal. And, like, I get it. It's the Western Intercollegiate. It's those teams from out there, but we, we don't get, and maybe this is me harping more on the televising of Collegiate Golf more than any other thing, but I feel like the tournaments that we get televised on Golf Channel and Collegiate Golf are these more regional tournaments, and... I mean, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have been the best teams in the country and they should be in these big tournaments that are televised. Yeah,
2: and sorry for the listeners if we're repeating ourselves, but Sam, the, the whole point of the conversation started off with was that what effect would the if the NCAA dissolved would that have on college golf? And that's kind okay. of what led down this rabbit hole because I gotcha. it kind of went from Ryder Cowan going to OU, then OU in the SEC and yep. to how that affect okay. college golf and Here, then
0: here's one thing that I just thought of that I haven't brought up before. OU is now going to be uh, included with the SEC Network, and I'm sure they cover golf a little bit. Oh, I, I hadn't thought so about that. Imagine no Big Twelve Network having a TV contract. Well, no Big Twelve soon <laughs> Instead of just the golf channel, who has a lot of other stuff they have to show. No, and you're I, right, and I know that the SEC Network does too, but. I mean, maybe a couple more tournaments could be shown on the SEC network.
1: Yeah, I would like maybe even just the further contraction of conferences. Maybe if we go from five to four and we have more conference networks, maybe we can get some more stuff. So hopefully there's some good college golf coverage to look forward to. coming. Shout out out to to Ryder Cowan, though. That's huge. That's that's big big time time news. Shout out to Ryder Cowan and shout out to OU for getting Ryder Cowan. It's a big get. Really, big get. He's really great, big get. Great junior player.
0: Uh, works hard. Yep. He lives on my hole, and I see him out there banging balls all the time. Just, you know, it, it, the kid works his butt off. So he so practices like you do. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. he. <laughs> I I am literally looking through my window think, thinking, wow. Like, yeah.
1: We went out and practiced the other night. When, <laughs> when we were celebrating your birthday, well, we went and got a little practice in. Yeah. Yeah. We had some balls. Yeah. yeah, we were working on our Couple swings. We hit, one, we hit one each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one each. Uh, all right, good stuff. By the way, in case you're wondering what we were drinking, it was a clubby, a more drinkable version of the Oklahoma Staple, the club special, the official seltzer of slicing limes, not dry lemon-lime natural flavoring, has electrolytes, does not contain artificial flavors, perfect for a hot day on or off the golf course, specifically formulated for golfers of every handicap, the freshest, smoothest, leanest, greenest, number one seltzer in Golf. Gentlemen, the Women's Olympics are one round in, and we've only lost one caddy to heat sickness. I guess the men got lucky, because it was fairly warm for the men, but it was like upper 80s heat index in the 90s. Heat index yesterday for the women was pushing 111 yesterday afternoon, just outside Tokyo at Kasumigaseki Golf Club. And uh, Lexi Thompson lost her caddy after the 15th hole to heat sickness. Had to have somebody fill in for a few holes. Also on fire yesterday, Madeline Sackstrom from Sweden. Five under 66 to take the lead, uh, but one shot back tied with Aditya Shock, number one player in the world Nelly Corda, my gold medal pick, Sam I believe your gold medal pick, Taylor your silver medal pick, uh, Jin Young-Ko is in there at T4 as well, Danielle Kang is at T7, a couple under par NB Park, Taylor one of your picks, two under par, so I say all in all a great first round uh, for the Women's Olympics as we've got some big names kind of lurking ready to make a charge on the weekend, Say Young-Kim T7 as well. Yeah, Nelly Corder was actually one over through four in that that round and then birdied
0: 5, 6, 8, 14, and 15 to shoot a little 67. So, I mean, Nelly Corda just dominated uh, after that slow start. Uh, yeah, and you were talking about the Swedes earlier uh, this week, and so I, I, you have a Swede in the lead right now.
2: Yeah, and you look at it, guys, I mean, I think it's set up to be such a, a great tournament because you look at it right now, currently, two under is T7. So that, I mean, that's lurk. And you look for metal perspective. So uh, T4 is minus three. You go down to even par, that's T23. And there's 30, and then plus one is T35 or T36. And this is only a 60, uh, 60 player field. So, I mean, this thing's pretty condensed. And all it's going to take for one of these uh, ladies down at even par, like a Jessica Cordo shot even, she goes out and shoots. Four under today or tomorrow, however you phrase it, um, she she's going to be right in the tournament, and I think the course is probably set up to, in an aspect of I don't think Madeline's going to go out and shoot five under, five under, five under, five under, and shoot twenty under. So I don't I don't think anyone's going to go out there and run away with it. So I think it's going to be very interesting, and like we saw with the men's Olympics, guys, not interest. It's not. Just interesting to see who wins the gold medal, and it's interesting to see who gets the silver and the bronze as well.
1: Yeah, I had a couple disappointments. Yuka Sasso was a disappointment, 3-over-74. Brooke Henderson, uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned her, your, your pick for bronze, 3-over-74. Uh, no, no. Ma- I, I, Maria Fossey, 2-over-73. Lexi, yeah. Lexi Thompson, 1-over-par. There were some, some very so-so rounds yesterday. But, I mean, it's four rounds, no cut, so you never know. I mean, Salsa, Henderson, Thompson, any of those girls could come out and go 66, 67, 67,
2: get themselves right back into the, the metal hunt. I'm starting to learn from you, Kobe. If I make a pick and it doesn't do good, I just don't talk about it. Right, and you just let somebody else bring it up. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to do or it. Or sometimes it just slides by and no one ever remembers.
1: Exactly. Sometimes people forget. That's the beauty of it. But just you, never mention it again.
2: But do, you do, but do you be like some people on our local Sports Talk Radio when you get it right and be like, I just got to give it up to myself. Just got to give it up to myself <laughs> for a great
1: pick. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of great picks, I thought I put a really good basketball team together the other day in our three-on-three draft. The the people disagreed. The the people knew who... As soon as we picked the freaking cards. I picked a queen and I didn't get first pick. Sam gets Gary Woodland. And it was... I mean, it was over. Gary Woodland's the the hooper of the the tour. TG did weigh in with me on text.
0: And he did say that Gary Woodland has a bad hip right now. So that might be a problem for their squad.
1: I don't know. I'd still take Gary Woodland. He's a shooter, man. Stone cold shooter. Andy
0: and TG mentioned that Tony Finau is cousins with Jabari Parker. Yep. You know, I think we mentioned that too, but he said he probably can hoop a little bit. I would imagine he can.
2: I, I, I just learned from Kobe's experience playing pickup basketball. When you got the bigger man, you can just injure everyone on the other team. So my 6'9", <laughs> 300, John Thompson, was going to take out at least one player <laughs> hey, on y'all's th- team, then turns into three on two, and y'all don't stand a chance. I've seen The th- fans didn't see it the way I did. I think
1: Phil cost you some votes because he's so old. I think people didn't <laughs> vote for your for your guy Phil because they thought he might only be able to make it halfway through the game. Yeah. But you know what
0: Phil would play for. Cash the, the Cleveland Cavs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, well done. Well I, done. I have seen Taylor Moore dunk in my driveway though. You,
2: you took my point guard pick, and then I was screwed because I had the size. Then I had T. Moore could dunk drive. My team was stacked until you stole my pick. By the so, way, Sam,
1: Sam won the poll. I finished second. Taylor finished third. I think because again, people don't know who John Thompson is, and Phil's super old. So, by the way, you mentioned
0: you know local sports talk radio hosts that should not be named. Reminded me. I watched. Three Tiger videos this week, one with David Spade, one with Jada Pinkett Smith, yeah. and one with uh, this the, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. This the
1: My Golf series he was doing before he had the accident in California.
0: Yeah. I watched all three of them. Tiger didn't look messed up on painkillers or anything in those videos. He yeah. was very articulate with what he was saying. He was very awake. This was the, the day the before day, the wreck.
2: Yeah, the day before.
0: Yeah. And it was in the morning throughout the day. Um, so, you know, I, I was just interested to see what Tiger looked like and and how articulate he was in those
1: videos, and it seemed to be like he was totally fine. Boys, he's coming back sooner rather than later. I'm sticking with my prediction of Bay Hill. He was in L.A. last week putting some weight on it, and I know everybody around him said he's determined. Ricky Fowler, who, you know, Tiger and Ricky uh, aren't invited to play in the the majors currently, so they get together and watch them together. And Ricky said that – Tiger spends most of his time every day rehabbing, and we all know that Tiger Woods is a psycho. I guarantee he's setting an alarm for like three thirty in the morning and waking up and rehabbing until eight o'clock at night. He's just—he's a psycho. I guarantee he's doing that. Yep. He's
2: he's a gamer, and that goes to show that if he's doing that, then he wants to come back and he wants to play and he wants to win. And he wants to win. I think I, I know he wants to win. I again. think he wants to do it for Charlie, not 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 to make Charlie a better golfer, but just because to make Charlie proud, over, over
1: overcome adversity. Yeah. Overcome adversity. Battle your way back. I like it. Uh,
0: And then uh, one more thing before we get uh, to the WGC. I wanted to mention that I read an article from Iman Lynch uh, Mm -hmm. of Golf Week. And uh, basically, it was about the tour denying Saudi play, which, I mean, it was pretty obvious to come out. But the tour came out and said that they will refuse uh, anybody Uh, it says they will refuse to allow some of its biggest stars to play in the
1: controversial Saudi uh, league or whatever you want to call it. As will the European Tour. If you're a PGA Tour member or a Euro Tour member, you are not allowed to go play in the Saudi International Tournament, which was inevitable because the Saudis are trying to establish themselves as a direct competitor with the PGA Tour and European Tour. It's no breaking news, but I like that they would say that. I
0: mean, it's pretty obvious business-wise, but um, it is going to be interesting to see if... They offer a guy like Brooks Koepka just an absolute bag what he does.
1: I'd be really curious to know whether a high-level player would be willing to take the PR hit. I mean the, the the PR surrounding the Saudi International Tournament has already been terrible. It's already been viewed as a way to use golf to overshadow their history on human rights uh, violations. I I just don't know if a high level player would be willing to take the PR hit of, of going to play in that league. Maybe they would. I don't know. But Money I, talks, Colby. Money talks, but
0: yeah, who, who's I don't gonna know. be the
2: first? I think that is gonna be
0: if the first If you're the telling me thing. that I could sign a contract where I get thirty million a year. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not saying and that.
1: I'm not saying it wouldn't be a, a good business. Season. Not I'm even not based saying, on play. I'm and not saying guys shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't know who's going to really have the stones to be the first one to say. Yeah, I'll and, sign. And I agree. H- with and you. here's
2: the thing to take into consideration: the majors are not PGA Tour European events. No, they're not. Not a single and one. Neither, and as far as I know, none of those organizations have come out and said it. maybe the USGA The players is. The the players. The players. The players, but yes, that's yes. the fifth major, and I, it would actually make me feel good. if And, that and, wasn't if, the and if
1: somebody tournament. out there is thinking, wait, is the PGA Championship not run by the PGA Tour? It is not. It is run PGA. and sanctioned by the PGA of America, which is not the same thing as the PGA Tour.
2: And so and so is the Ryder Cup. So what are you yes. going to do? Are you going to say, oh, you can't play in the PGA Championship, and you can't play in the Ryder Cup? That's not going to happen. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. the majors,
0: so, are, I mean, the USGA, PGA of America, uh, RNA. You know, RNA, and, and, and Augusta, uh, you know, the Masters, all of them will do what they want. Yeah. yeah, they they don't care,
2: and and, well,
1: and they'll do what they have to do to have the strongest and best fields at their events.
2: And yeah. the WGC is kind of a kind of a, a round table type deal. Although, so I would assume the Saudis would get involved in that. As it well. will be yeah. interesting Maybe. to
1: see what
0: Augusta National comes out and says on their state of golf address. Like when uh, is every, that coming? I mean, every April the, on Tuesday or Monday, they always right. come out and kind of give their thoughts on the game of golf and where it's and headed. they'll be
1: asked. They'll be asked about the Saudis and what that would mean for the Masters. So uh, a lot of things, a lot of dominoes have to fall in the game of golf. A lot of putts have to fall this week at TPC Southland. We'll talk about that and much more on the other side. DraftKings, best bets, the works. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
3: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McCray Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McCray Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. Welcome
1: back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of golf, Oklahoma. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole. Instagram is 73rd hole. That is where every week you can send us your questions and we will ask them and maybe answer them on the air. If we are so inclined, Sam, what do we have this week on the Twitter sphere? All right. All right. So I picked three of these here. Uh, First question comes from Josh
0: Jennings on Twitter and says, would you rather be paired with Patrick Reed or Bryson DeChambeau when playing in a golf tournament?
2: Ooh, that's tough. Is it it for one round or four rounds? Two rounds. First two two rounds. First two rounds of a tournament. Okay.
1: My, My honest answer, I think I would rather be paired with Bryson... Because even though he's kind of quirky, I feel like I could just still play my own game. We'd be so far away from each other, number one. And number two, I, I if I played for Patrick Reed, I honestly feel like I'd be looking over all day to see what he was doing, and it'd be a huge distraction. So I think I'd rather play with Bryson because I'd be way too focused on whether Patrick Reed was doing what he was supposed to be doing. See, yeah. I, I think
0: the opposite. I would rather play with uh Patrick Reed because uh, first of all Bryson plays really slow second of all he's going to be ahead of you on every single hole which is going to take you a little bit out of your normal rhythm because normally you know I'm used to at least you know hitting second at least half the time you know what I mean and so I think that the rhythm part of it would get taken out by Bryson having to hit you having to hit first every time uh some of us are
1: used to hitting first every time Sam yeah (laughs) (laughs) but
0: Man, I I would rather, yeah, I'd rather play with Patrick Reed. He just plays faster. Taylor, break
2: uh, the break the tie. I I agree with Sam because of the pace of play thing. And I would uh, assign the caddy say, hey, you don't care about me. Watch Reed all day. Make sure you don't. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's, that's, it, that's fine. Because that kind of debunks my theory a little bit. I just feel like playing with Reed would be more of a distraction. Because like Bryson, I wouldn't even see Bryson. He'd be ninety uh, yards th- in front of me. I, I can barely even see I'd him. I'd be out distracted
2: there. on the tee box. Watching Bryson swing because I'd be like, and then in that point, you get caught up with the well, hell, Bryson's in at 380. I got hit at 330 at least instead of 320 or whatever you hit it, Sam. So, you know, you try to give I, it a little bit extra pump, pump.
0: I think that, uh, yeah, I, I I think that Patrick Reed playing with Patrick Reed might be kind of fun. Like, maybe just add a little bit of excitement to your <laughs> round.
2: If this isn't a the an ultimate pick your poison. I don't know what it is, though.
1: Yeah. That's a good question, though, Josh. We That's appreciate really it. What we got next? What <laughs> we right. got next?
0: Uh, this next question uh, comes from Aaron on Twitter and says, uh, what did you guys think about the Olympic golf? Will it continue? Thanks.
2: Oh, th- um, this is a good question because I, I have some takes on this. Okay, hit us. I've heard some couple different things. One... I want this to eventually become some sort of team event. I, I I don't like the fact that it's individualized. I I think that that takes away a little bit from the representing your country in an aspect type thing. One thing I saw someone post somewhere that would be interesting is make it uh one man one woman from each uh country. So you have one oh. one male one uh female representing, and then you just combine the men and the women competition. And I, I think that I don't be. hate that. I think that that, that's a good – I just want it to be incorporated into a team event somehow. And I know that right now you couldn't really do that because – the top four if you're in the top 16. If you're a top four of your country and you're top 16 in the official world golf rankings, you still get in. So, it would have to be a hard uh, two cutoff. But I just think that would be a better way to represent the country. And as we know, guys, just because the two best Americans go over there doesn't mean they're going to win and play the best over a four-round event. That's not guaranteed. It's not like even something like USA Basketball that was dominant for so long. They're not winning anymore. But it wouldn't even be to that extent.
1: Yeah, and I mean, U.S. Golf sent four guys over there who were four of the best in the field and only one. One got on the podium. I mean, Morikawa was in the uh, playoff for bronze, but only one got on the podium from the U.S. Now, it was Xander, uh, who played well and ended up winning gold. But I really kind of like the idea of combining the men's and women's. That would be unique to the Olympics, I think. I mean, you don't really see that in the Olympics. It would shine a spotlight on really some pretty phenomenal women's golf that we're starting to have. I mean, we've had great women's golf for a long time, but the fields are deeper. They're better. I, I just – the one concern I would have with making it a team event is is I think you then take a handful of countries who have multiple golfers good enough to get them in contention for the podium. And like Slovakia with Rory Sabatini, if we turn it into a team competition, Slovakia now has no chance to medal because they don't have another golfer that could go out and play well. So That would be my one big concern.
2: Sovaki doesn't have any golfers at all. He's from South Africa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I agree
0: with you on the team stuff, but how do you do it? Because, like, it would obviously be more entertaining to, you know, have match play or maybe some mixed doubles, as as I would like to call it. But – then you got to worry about guys not showing up even more than they already don't show up for the Olympics because guys like Dustin Johnson or whatever have come out and said that they don't really care that much about it. But I will give this uh, point that Rory McIlroy brought up. He said, "I a- after after the Olympics, he said I made some comments before uh, that were probably uneducated and impulsive. But coming here and experience it, seeing it, feeling it, everything uh, that just goes on, and not just Olympic golf, but just Olympics in general, that that sort of uh, Olympic spirit definitely has like kind of bitten me. And so, basically, my point is, Rory went over there kind of expecting. The worst, so to say. And and he came out saying, wow, that was actually a great experience. So maybe more guys should go over there.
2: And here's the thing I'll say, guys. We've had the Olympic golf for, for two straight events. The first one was in Brazil, which is not the safest country in the world. The second was in Tokyo, Basically, a year after the biggest pandemic in the last 100 years. So, I think that going forward, we'll have it in Paris. We'll have it in, isn't it in LA in 2028? Yes, I th- Riviera. I think the next two years, in particular, the Next two Olympics, next yeah. Next two Olympics, sorry. You will have less people not going because the first two Olympics had ex- extra extenuous. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, agree.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. I think it'll get bigger and I do think it's here to stay. So, yeah, that's, 100%, that, that, 100% here to stay. That yes. second part of your question, I'd, I'd be shocked if it went away anytime in the next 20 years. Also, back to Patrick Reed real quick <laughs>
0: to talk about how big of a douche he is for a second. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Did you see yes. Patrick Reed show up in Memphis in his yes. full USA outfit? I no, don't think I, did. he, I didn't see this. I don't no. think he ever
1: changed. Look at I think, this. He, I think he walked off the golf course at Kasumagaseki, hopped on the private jet, flew straight to TP Southwind, and walked straight to the golf course. I mean, it, it, if this
0: isn't that guy, then I don't know who is.
2: Sam's looking up the picture. I, pulling, I, I mean, if,
0: pull, look at this. He, this is him in Memphis. That's in Memphis? Yes. That's at T B C Southwind.
2: <laughs> did, did, did he shower?
0: He's wearing the full USA blue hat with the white American flag. In his
1: defense, maybe he hadn't done laundry.
0: He Doesn't have a clothes sponsor, no, so he wanted to show everyone. I yes. just got back from the Olympics. Hundred
1: percent. So did
2: everyone else.
1: You know what that reminds me of? One time in Stillwater, I saw uh, Justin Gilbert at Murphy's on the Strip, and he had just gotten back from the combine that day, and he wore all of his combine <laughs> Was gear he to in the Murphy's tight that little night. shorts. Uh no he had the, he had the sweats on and like the windbreaker
2: and stuff but he had a full combine gear head to toe wasn't he the top ten he got drafted like eighth by the yeah. Browns and then was a big bust yeah didn't he run like a four two or something at the or yeah 4-3? very fast yeah very and fast. he was tall too
1: he was the guy in 2013 who dropped the Blake Bell interception that would have won Bedlam before he threw the touchdown yeah yeah that was a cold game that was oh really I was cold. there Literally. for that game were yep. you there for that yeah. game
0: yeah. yeah about froze. Yeah, that yeah. was freezing. Right, Anyways. One final Twitter question. All right, uh, this one's an Instagram question from Levi Conley uh, and says, just started golf, parentheses, seven rounds in, and I'm oh. pulling my irons to the left. I'm a right-handed golfer.
1: Oh, I got you. I got you. Because I Because I do a lot of this. You know what my advice is? Just keep playing and have yeah. fun. <laughs> look here, the like, golf, Levi. Here's my <laughs> G- golf sucks. You're you're going to you're going to hit a lot of shots that kind of feel good, and then you look up and the ball's going totally the wrong direction. <laughs> and I'm not good enough to tell you how to make them go the right direction, Tyler. What would you say to a, a beginner who's pulling their irons? Because you're much more technical with the swing. I
2: will say this. I will say, um, what what was the gentleman's name? Levi. 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 I'll say to Levi, you're seven rounds in. The fact that you're pulling your irons and not slicing them 50 yards seven yeah. rounds in is a good sign. Very good sign. Yeah. Yeah. And a pull can be fixed pretty easily. A Aim couple right. a, that, like it, it's sarcastic, <laughs> and sarcastically you could do that, but seriously, check your alignment. You may be lining up more left than you think. So you think that you're pulling shots, and you're not. For example, my my father he he pulls every shot about ten to fifteen yards, and so he'll hit one dead straight and it misses the fairway by fifteen yards. It's like god dang, I pushed that one. I'm like no, you didn't. You hit it right where you aimed. And yep. so you know it's you need to know where you're lined up, and also not only where your clubs lined up, make sure your body's parallel. But at some point in the swing, the club face is getting shut, which is why it's it's getting close. So it could be because your body's opening up too much. Yep. Your hands are, are flipping a little too early. So my advice would be to have someone video your swing for you. Down and then, the hand line, not da- down the club headline. Yes, and to... You want, you want the camera to be about level with the hands at a dress. Yep. And have someone look at your video to see exactly where in the swing the club face is getting shut. And if you want to, post it on our social media, and we'll we'll get to it and try to analyze it the best that we can. Also,
1: if you're from the Oklahoma City area, go see our buddy Steve Ball. I yep. mean, just go, go. just go have an hour-long session with Steve. Uh, that's what I did last year. I got my dad for, for his birthday, and he went up and saw him. He was fighting a slice, gave him a couple drills to do, some things to work yep. on, Windstar and, and has a better. facility. They Go do. down to Windstar. Absolutely, yeah. There's just, a depending on where you're from, you've got options. Woody, Tulsa Jim has great Woodward. options. Jim Woodward, yeah, you've got options of uh, people who can help you. It's and, not crazy expensive. It's just, you know, go once. See if you like it and yeah. see if it helps. And, and one real quick thing, if he really is
0: pulling his irons and not aimed left, like if he's aimed perfect right where he wants to aim, you know, a lot of people just think they're coming over the top. And that's not necessarily always the case because to hit a dead pole, you have to be swinging left with a closed club face. And that, so and, and so a lot of people forget the club face element to it and they just think, oh, I'm coming over the top. And that's where you get people that hit big slices, you know, and and, and a lot of people don't realize to hit a legitimate fade, you know, your club has your club face actually has to be shut 100%. at 100%.
2: It has yep. to it has to be shut at impact, but it has to be open to the path. Yeah, and so that so basically to, to make we're, that... we're in the weeds now. But yeah, yeah, I hope
1: everybody yeah. is still following along yeah, here. Here,
2: here. I'll, I'll basically explain it to you perfectly. Okay, so and this is a big misconception going forward. Then we'll get in, into our picks in just a second. If you're if the ball is starting left, it's because the club face is shut at impact. Yep. It's not because you're underneath and hooking it. If the ball starts straight and then and then hooks and then goes left, that means that you're coming underneath it and your club face is generally square, but it's shut to the path. And yep. so basically if you're if your ball is curving a certain way, that means that your swing is probably too over the top, like you said, or underneath it. But if you're hitting it just one way or another, more than likely it's just your club face getting open or shut. At, at impact, and you're not yeah. as far over the top or underneath as you and, may think.
0: And if you are struggling with coming over the top, a great drill to do would be to put one golf ball to the front left or inside, front inside of the golf ball you're going to hit and one golf ball uh, to the outside, and so it creates an inside-to-out path.
2: Yeah, basically a track. Think, yep. th- think of a think of a train track and then design one of the rails going right um, Left to right yep. or in to out, yep. so try okay. to
0: swing out toward first base.
1: Good stuff. That, that's a lot there. You might have to listen to it a couple times, Levi. Try to sort through <laughs> it and uh, and figure out exactly what YouTube would work video. best from you. Yeah, well, get on and, YouTube, and watch videos, and just practice. I well, mean, honestly, go hit balls. That's the best way to get better. It's just repetition.
2: Uh, we, we went down the rabbit hole. Went went past Levi there for a little bit, just because I feel like so many golfers out there have these issues. I you know, also and, and, yes. and want them to know why their golf ball is doing what it does in the air. And my last point I never got to is:
0: you're seven rounds in, you probably don't have enough time. To even have tendencies yet.
1: Right. So, right. So, just, Which honestly, and because you're still so new, that's why I would maybe recommend going and seeing one of these people we talked about, yeah. Steve or Woody, go down to Winstar or something, because you, you don't have that many bad habits right now, so you want to get it right now before you establish these seriously yep. bad habits. It's what happened, like I said, my dad went and saw Steve. My dad had 30 years of bad habits. He'd never gone and gotten yep. a lesson. It's hard to break 30 it's, years of bad habits. You've played seven rounds. It, it won't be that hard to break them at worth, this the,
0: point. It's worth the 100 bucks to at least learn the basics, posture, Alignment, ball position, yes. club face, all that stuff, because that's what pros still work on. They they have ways Constantly. of getting there, but always number one thing they're do, they're doing with those sticks on the range is checking ball po- ball position, alignment, posture, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Last thing I'll say to Levi, if you get really good with your short game putting and around the greens, you can get the floor of your score a lot higher. Yeah,
1: Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Good stuff, Levi. We appreciate that. Uh, We appreciate all of our listeners at the 73rd hole on Twitter, at the 73rd hole on Instagram. It is just 73rd hole. And if you're out practicing, getting those reps in, and you happen to tweak your back, go see our good friends at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley are both avid golfers. You'll get high-quality, individualized patient care Total Complete Spine Care, Dr. Beecham does non-invasive spine clinic, offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley recently received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. That's an entire continent, folks. Visit thespineclinicok.com, located off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. It is time now to fire up the DraftKings machine. And I I think sometimes we look back, sometimes we don't. But this week we should go ahead and look back to last week's DraftKings pool, uh, as Taylor and I discussed earlier, (laughs) because I finished second in the cash. Thank you very much. So we'll now go to the upcoming entries. And I will start at 6,000, boys, bottom of the barrel, to a guy who in his last three starts, in each of the three starts, has been more than four strokes Positive ball striking in his last three starts. How about a six thousand? I'll take Jim Herman. Make okay. make a few putts. I don't have to worry about him missing the cut because it's a WGC. Jim Herman is a guy that you hear about about once every two years when he pops up and has a good week. He's striking the ball really well right now, better than he has in a long time. A few putts fall. You never know. And at six thousand, I couldn't pass it up. So Sam, right. who you got?
0: I got Matthew. Or sorry, I got Cameron Champ. At, uh, <laughs> I guess I just gave away my second pick. But I, I think I got, you did. I got Cameron Champ. Uh, won a couple weeks ago and at sixty seven hundred. Sixty
1: seven hundred.
0: Yeah, for Cameron Champ. That's he just hu- won. He just won. That's huge value uh, for Cameron Champ. And he's a really solid ball striker. So uh, I really like Cameron Champ at sixty seven hundred. I mean,
1: the, yeah. the other names in this in this range are still. Good! But I mean, Cameron Champ just won. You got Max Homa, Carlos Ortiz, Kisner's at 68. Cameron Davis and Sam Burns are 6900. Cameron Champ, who just won, is at 6700. So yeah, I like that pick. So. And
2: and before he won, he finished 11th at the John Deere and finished 25th here last year. So I mean, he's got got the uh, the course uh, course history and and the form as well. So I mean, I, it's hard to go against that pick. I went 100 dollars cheaper, and I may be regretting regretting this pick. But the main reason I went with this is because there's no cut. I look at the course history and I. I see second, twelfth, ninth, second, third, eleventh, second, going down there. A few, couple other bad finishes, but no miscuts at all. And obviously, there's no miscut here, which is the reason I'm going with him. Give me Phil the thrill, sixty-six hundred. Wow. I mean, he fin- whoa, finished second here last year. I think. Wow. I think that with no cut, he's going to go out there and play play freely. <laughs> and I didn't. I, there were some. Luck. Guy, there were some guys in that sixty-seven hundred range that I liked, but I didn't have the extra hundred dollars, so I didn't. So, go so
1: you put him on your basketball team, and it cost you. We'll see how it works on your keys. I, I, look, I, I
2: love the listeners. The listeners don't understand how motivated Phil gets when money is on the line. And like I mentioned, they didn't take into consideration that John Thompson would just knock injure every other player. So that's how I would win that matchup. Um, I will go up next to my second cheapest, seventy two hundred. This is a guy who plays this course so well, has one of the the highest um, strokes gained on this course over the over the course of playing at TBC Southwind. And let me find. Him here real quick that's uh the australian adam scott and i look at him i have not seen uh the last time i saw him miss cut was the pga championship has not missed a. he's cut. on the
0: bubble this week as well
2: for the 125 yes yes so yeah so it's a big week for him i think adam scott plays well and hopefully he's able to get in but yeah i think that he's he's definitely a lot more solid than my phil pick at 600 dollars cheaper
0: Yep, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going Matthew Wolf at 6,800. Uh, I mean, 6,800 for Matthew Wolf, a guy that has had five rounds where he gains more than a shot on the field at TPC Southwind. That's only in two tournaments. That's eight rounds worth, and in round three uh, in the 2020. FedEx St. Jude, he shot a 65 uh, and gained 5.2 shots on the field. His strokes gained approach is .62 on the year. Uh, If he can just put it in the fairway, his strokes gained approach and strokes gained putting uh, will allow him to contend in this tournament, I think.
1: Yeah, I like that pick quite a lot. Uh, My next two picks at 67 and 6,800, my next two cheapest options, I'm going to go with a couple guys who hit the ball quite a long ways and who I think are playing pretty good golf at the moment. You know what they say about great minds, Sam? At 6,700, I've got Cameron Champ. At 6,800, I've got Matthew Wolf. Good Ma- Lord. Matthew wolf has been out grinding in this heat here in Oklahoma. How do I know? I saw it with my own two eyes last week. He was hitting the ball great, working on some drivers. So uh, I like them both this week. Yeah, I know you just fired both those off, Sam, but hey. Great minds think alike. So we both got champion Wolf. Who you got next? I got, <laughs> it's ironic because I
0: actually have T-Dub's pick oh my of gosh. Adam Scott. The overlap this <laughs> week is it, it, insane. It's pretty crazy. Adam Scott, I mean, I don't understand why he's only at 7,200 uh, 7, because his strokes gained putting on the year, gaining point six on the field, strokes gained approach. He's he's positive in every area except for driving, and he's barely losing shots on the field there. But I, I do like his History on TPC Southwind plus, uh, paired with the motivation factor of being right there on that 125 mark, uh, to, uh, you know, not have to go to the finals for Corn Ferry and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. And I, d- I didn't have this on, um, Um, earlier on the stat, but uh, over the course of 12 rounds, Adam Scott's gained 1.72 strokes at TBC Southwind. And my other pick, Phil, has played 36 rounds and has gained 1.6. So I just wanted to throw that out there before I go on to my next. And now I've gotten into an interesting range where I got so many middle-of-the-pack guys. I got four guys in my lineup right here. that I would not be surprised if any of them won the tournament. I sure hope they don't because I don't have them as my one-and-done pick. But got my uh, next cheapest option, guy I've been playing really, really well at uh, 8,600, give me Shane Lowry, I mean, the Irishman. I mean, I know that he just played um, last week or whatever, but uh, 12th, 65th U.S. Open, um, uh, finished 6th at the Memorial 4th PGA Championship. Um, finished sixth here last year, so I mean I, I really love Shane Lowry. Uh, over the course of eight rounds here, he's gained one point six seven strokes. So I just love that. Then I'm going all the way up from sixty, or I'm, I'm sorry, from eighty six hundred to eighty eight hundred, and that's my boy Matty Fitzpatrick, Mr. Skill. Over the course of eight rounds here, he has gained two point seven eight strokes on the field. That tie that that is by, by far the most, uh, not by far. Um, over the course of eight rounds, JT is second, but Matty Fitzpatrick definitely likes himself some. DPC Southwind and been playing well too, so I'm going to roll with Matty Fitz, Mr. Skill. So, who you got, Sam?
0: I am going to go with a guy that loves Bermuda Grass. Wow. Ah. And, and, you know, that's a dead giveaway there. You know what? No, it's not. Actually. You, call, you call an Audible? No, it, no, this guy loves Bermuda Grass. He played. High school, college golf on Bermuda grass. And, and, and it's imperative to put it in the fairway uh, on a course like TPC Southwind. It always leads uh, the tour or is up there uh, with most balls in the water. And so I definitely want a guy that's good off the tee. And so I'm going winner of the tournament, 19 of 24 cuts, six top tens. 9,100, I'm going Scotty Scheffler. Ooh. Scotty Scheffler, he, dude, he's gaining strokes, putting around the green approach, and off the tees, gaining .64 shots per round off the tee. Uh, and in uh, 2020, uh, in the FedEx St. Jude, he had... Let's see, four
1: rounds where he gained more than a shot on the field. We've got to, by the way, get Scotty Scheffler on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, the <laughs> footwork the footwork from Scotty Scheffler, he'd but, be saucing and lobotting all over the place. Honestly, though, his, his high ball flight uh, coming into
0: those firm Bermuda greens mixed with his great driving, I, I'm thinking that Scotty Scheffler is gonna win this week
1: yeah I don't hate that pick at all I've got my next two most expensive I had three guys in the 6000s so that was probably a dead giveaway what I was doing with my lineup this week so I'm jumping from 6800 up to 9200 for Daniel cheeseburger one thing you'll notice about my lineup this week as well I have exactly zero Olympians in my lineup I just I wasn't comfortable with the the pressure and the stress and being secluded to your hotel room traveling from Tokyo to Memphis I have no Olympians in my lineup this week 9200 Daniel Daniel Berger, before this was a World Golf Championship event back in 2016, Daniel Berger won here. You know, he only did the following year in 2017, Daniel Berger won here. Daniel Berger likes this golf course, and he's been playing some pretty good golf. So Daniel Berger, my third most expensive at 9200 my second most expensive, a guy who's just been really consistently playing good golf, only one win on the season, but man, it seems like he's having too good of a season for it to only be a one-win season. How about Jordan Spieth? Okay. Came close at the open. Jordan Spieth, my, my next pick at 10400 You think he can drive it well enough on this golf course? Uh, I think that he can do enough. Do I think he's going to lead the field in strokes game driving at the end of the week? No, I don't. But I think that he can do enough with the driver. He's been better with it lately. I think he can do enough with it and, and with the way that he's able to scramble and just do quirky things with his irons out of bad positions. I, I think he'll be able to do just enough. All right, well, I will go up into the 10,000s.
0: At 10,000, I have Rory McElroy. Uh, 15 of 19 cuts, 7 top 10s, and a guy that plays some really good golf uh, at TPC Southwind actually has a 62 in his history here, You know, has a 67 where he gained 4 shots on the field, has another 66 where he gained 4.75 on the field. So Rory loves this course, and I'm kind of sticking with the theme of great drivers of the golf ball who have high ball flights coming into these firm Bermuda greens. And, you know, he's gaining .7 off the tee, and uh, if I think he, I, I just said that Scotty Scheffler is going to win, but I, I think he might have a silver medal, if you will, uh, this week at the FedEx St Jude.
2: All right, so it definitely goes to show that we, we all have, or at least for me compared to y'all, have very drastic lineups because I don't have anyone in the 10,000s. This is the, I have the cheapest uh, top option that I've had probably all year, and I, I don't have much more to say about 9,200. Kobe still my pick there with Daniel Berger. Over the course of 14 rounds here, guys, he's gained 2.57 strokes. That's third behind uh, Fit, Matty Fitz, Mr. Skill, and JT. So love Daniel Berger this I remember
0: week. when Dan, Danny Berger came on the scene kind of here and had the big Dip in his mouth and was just blowing away the field that one year, at Memphis.
2: Oh yeah, and that that was when kind of before we didn't know about him. We had the quirky swing too with the yep. dip in. You're like, Who, yeah. who's this kid? And then you yeah. realize, oh, this kid's a world beater. And just to read off some of his recent finishes: finished eighth at the British Open, uh, seventh at the U.S. Open, twentieth at Charles Schwab, third back at the um, Byron Nelson. I missed a few in there, just a cherry pick. But um, yeah, I, I love Daniel Berger. Then my most expensive option. Really surprised he's this cheap with how well he's playing. Obviously, I, I agree with Colby. I don't think there's any way that, he, that he's going to win. 9,600, eighth-ranked player in the world, Louis Oosthuizen. I mean, he finished second at the 3 Finished second M after the Open Championship. Nothing so, wrong with Silver. So, I mean, that, that's <laughs> great. You know what? Silver gets you a lot of DraftKings points. And a lot of money. And, and, if if Louie would have
1: showed up at the Olympics last week, there would have only been two medals up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, and, and like I prognosticated too, the South Africans never stood a chance. I told you, and like Sam was asking, what about him? And I said, nope, they never, they never had a chance. So. South
0: African finished in second.
2: <laughs> oh, that's <a> good point. <laughs> under, under the Slovakian flag, Sam, who's
0: your most expensive? All right, my most expensive is a guy who absolutely loves this course, uh, and I, I, I have to go with another guy. Great driver, of the golf ball, high ball flight, Dustin. Johnson and and you know I know that he's up there in ten thousand two hundred range a lot of money this week but I think he's worth it you know he's made fourteen to seventeen cuts seven top tens uh, that's just an absolute no brainer to me to pick Dustin Johnson this week
1: uh, I. Th- Thought about Dustin Johnson and instead at 10,600. Well, the guy who really likes this golf course finished third here in 2015, second here in 2016, uh, one here in 2019, nearly one here again a year ago. How about Brooksy? How about Brooksy? Why not? Hashtag why not? Brooksy's about due for a win. I like it. I mean, it's not a major, so he won't be as motivated as for a major. It is a World Golf Championship event. And it really is one of his best course histories on the PGA Tour. So, Kepka is my most expensive on DraftKings. And now we can pivot to one-and-done picks. And, Taylor, judging by the look on your face and your reaction, I have a feeling where you're going to go.
2: Yeah, all right. We'll do one-and-done. Uh, actually, yeah, we'll do one-and-done. Then I have a little game I want to do with y'all after okay. that. So, I'll do one-and-done. We're picking two or actually picking three players this week. Um, so we got the
1: Barracuda. Barracuda.
2: My two, two of my picks... Two of the best players I have left. Both of y'all is y'all's tops options this week on DraftKings. I got DJ and Kepka. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, run, I'm running out. The big dogs, the big dogs are going to eat. Um, I, I look at the course history tool. Um, both of these guys have played 28 rounds on this course. DJ's gained 2.42 strokes per round, um, and Kepka's gained 2.17. This is one of those courses where we talk about Kepka, and I look at myself and I say, we've we played all four majors and i haven't used kepka what the what the hell was i thinking all year but then I, <laughs> I but then i'm sitting here and i look at the finishes and he hasn't finished worse than 37th and that's going back to when this was the week before a major so you're talking about not not giving a darn so i, I think and before this guy's finished 6th at the british open uh, fourth of the U.S. Open, but in between there, a non-major finished fifth of the Travelers. So, I mean, I think that he's getting some good form. I, lo- I love Kepka this week. I think he would be my pick. And I think DJ is getting a little bit too much slack, missed the cut at the 3M, but he's not playing as bad as everyone thinks he is. He's just not on that uh, monumental level like he was at the end of last year. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, one and done picks?
0: My one and done pick is I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman. Walking Neiman and you got your other one ready, or you wanna you want me to get
1: mine?
0: I'm going Matthew Wolf, Neiman and Wolf. You see, I I don't necessarily love them this week, but I've already screwed myself and I have no one else
1: to pick. <laughs> All right, so we'll go Neiman and Wolf. I've got one overlap with each of you this week. I'm taking Dustin Johnson. And Matthew Wolf are my two one and done picks. I'm running out of some big names, and I need to save one or two guys for the Tour Championship later in the year. But this is a big purse event with the WGC. It's a no cut event. Got two guys who can drive it well, who can hit it far, and who can contend. So DJ and Wolf for me.
2: Uh, Taylor, what you got? And then now we got our Barracuda picks. So, our, oh yeah. And so I'm going to go with the bad hit, the man with the bad hip himself. Give me Gary Woodland. I, yeah. I think that he's best player in the field. I think that he is uh, the best chance to to hoist the trophy. I haven't looked at the odds, but I would assume that he's up there. Some of the other higher picks, uh, guys. Maverick McNeely is a good player. I think we picked a lot. Brendan Grace highly picked. Emiliano Grillo's also liked. Um, Matt Coocher in the field, a big name that you wouldn't expect to see. So, I'm um, not a horrible field for the Barracuda. But after we give these picks, I got a little game that I want to play with y'all. But my pick's Gary Woodman. Who's who y'all going with?
1: I'm going to go with uh, and help me with the the pronunciation here on this name. It's Michael Gellerman. Is it Gellerman, Sam? I have no idea. That's Bob. Michael Gellerman. Michael oh. Gellerman. <laughs> Sam's distracted. Bobby. Sam's distracted. Bob, Michael Gellerman. That's my pick this week. I actually, uh, you know, we all follow golf people on Twitter and stuff, and I follow several people who are like the analytical stuff like that. And uh, I was on Twitter earlier this week. And I'll be damned if I didn't look up my, on my Twitter timeline. And there's one of these big national guys who said, Do yourself a favor and throw your money on Gellerman this weekend and thank me on Sunday night.
2: Wow. Here, here's just so. reading back on Gellerman. Re- reading back. Missed the, missed the cut at the barbersaw. But other than that, T16th at 3 a.m., 34th, 41st, 13th. Going back, uh, that was at the corn. F- I mean,. Bob's playing some good golf right now, guys. And, I, and I think we got to ride the train while it's there. So, so yeah, Bob, keep it rolling, my friend. And uh, I'd I love, love that. To I see love it. I'd, I, God, I'd love to see it too. Uh, all right, well then I'm going to go with Mito
1: Pereira. Oh, I like that pick. Mito's been playing some good golf. But some but, really but, good but but, golf.
2: Colby, you said you didn't pick. You don't like the Olympians, and he was just at the Olympics.
1: Uh, well, but he's not g- going from the
2: Olympics to try to win a WGC. He just mean, he's the, just going to Tahoe instead. I mean, I the, that's the
1: field at, at the Barracuda just won't be. Won't be quite what you, it will be in Memphis. You
2: led right into it. So, oh, here we go. So normally we do the strength of field game, right, where we pick the strength of field. But we're go- I'm going to do it a little different this time because we have two events. I want you all to give me the the strength of field point difference between the FedEx St. Jude and the Barracuda. Oh, well, you want me to just give you the difference? The difference in them, yeah, so we don't have to guess two of them. This what opposite,
1: do you think? This opposite field will be a little stronger than usual because it's got, you know, Brandon Grace, Gary Winland, couple names in it. WGC is going to be way high, though. I'm going to say the difference is 769. That's the difference. It's a good number. Yeah. I'm saying like 810 for the, the WGC and then 51. 672. 41.
2: 672. Did you cheat, Sam? No. 677. Oh,
1: whoa! <laughs> That's mega close. Uh, strength
2: of field at the uh, FedEx St. Jude is only 727. I oh. thought it'd be a little higher than that. Um, strength of field at the Barracuda is 50, which is a l- which is about what you see in a normal opposite field event. Um, the Hero Open over in Europe as a strength of field of 21 and one. one um, before we get on to the best bets and one, uh, since it was right here on here, shout out the Corn Fairy Taylor Moore, the highest ranked player at the Utah Championship, 128th in the world's plan, along with McGreevy, Peter Uline Lot of other local guys, so hopefully they're able to do some work on the Corn Fairy Tour. So, all
0: yeah. right. By the way, so I have two things for y'all, two little fun things at the end of the show here. How high, Gary Woodland?
1: Oh, one of major uh, Gary Woodland, by the way, who I've been attendance for every major championship he's won in his career. So Gary Woodland's good luck charm. Um uh, yeah. <laughs> Gary Woodland. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Gary Woodland got up to eighth in the world at one okay. point. I will say eleventh. He got up to 12th after
2: Ah, the U.S. Open. Man. I didn't think he cracked the top 10. He played too many good players around the time.
1: He's one of those guys I I thought would have been like a sneaky top 10. Like, we're going to look back 20 years from now, and we're going to be like, Terrell Hatton was the seventh-ranked player in the world? But I would have thought Gary Woodland was one of those guys.
2: but But we know what Woodland is not. He's not sneaky fat.
1: Right? All right.
0: Then, Justin Thomas just posted this on Instagram. Oh, Or actually, this was two days ago. Wow, it just showed up on my feed. <laughs> but anyways.
2: Just posted this now, 48 hours ago. <laughs> in, a, he,
0: in his four-week this four week stretch of flying mileage, how many miles did Justin Thomas fly? Oh, my oh, God. Good That's
1: Lord. Tokyo. God, I am Ro- so out of, Royal, out
0: of
2: range. Royal St.
1: George's, back home, Tokyo, Memphis. Um, dude, that's... 17,000 miles? I'm just really guessing. Just throwing out a number. I
2: I have absolutely no idea. The whole miles thing just completely boggles (laughs) my mind. He said 17,000. I'll go um, 15,669.
0: 23,587 miles. On July 4th, he went from PBI to Detroit. That's about a 1,000. Detroit to Edinburgh, that's 3,500. 3,500. And then on July 11th, he went from Edinburgh to Heathrow. That's 400. July uh, 18th, he went from Heathrow to PBI. That's 4,362. July 24th, he went from PBI to Atlanta. That's 545. And then Atlanta to Tokyo. That's almost 7,000. And then now back to Memphis. Yeah, same
1: thing. Wow. By the way, he's he's at almost 24,000 miles traveled, flown in the last month. Yeah. To get around the Earth at the equator is twenty five thousand miles. How do you know that? Random we fact. learn it. We learn it in school. <laughs> Circum- you have to do circumference I, I was, around was, the world in eighty days. I was more like that around the
0: world in four weeks.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's Justin crazy. Thomas. That is nuts. That's crazy. And by the way, Justin Thomas, defending champ. He is defending defending champ, champ. but he, is, he has he has not know, been man.
2: putting good enough. I just that's why I ain't putting him in there. The, the Olympians
1: of- the Olympians coming over, I don't know, man. Those some of those guys are gonna be exhausted, I feel like. We'll see. I mean, at the end of the week, it could be just straight Olympians, just lining the leaderboard. I could be totally wrong. No, no Xander or Morikawa picks this week from any of us, though, I noticed.
2: I, I'm like kinda like you said, it's when you have some of the other better players in the world who are fresh, it's just hard it's hard to go against them. And I mean, Schauffele played really good, but we saw what happened down the stretch. He started losing uh, some shots, obviously had a great save, but that just shows how mentally strenuous that it was. Not only just the golf, but the fact that they couldn't really explore anything. They had to stay in their own little bubble, or what's it called, the hut, or whatever they call it, to where everyone's staying The the village. Village, village. village. Uh, Also,
1: it was the 14th hole was the par 5 where... Xander had to take the unplayable. We
2: kept saying 12 on Monday for some reason. It was the 14th though. Uh we had 12 at August on our mind for some reason. I don't know. But
0: uh and then real quick, uh the US Women's Amateur going on right now, they they just finished uh the stroke play portion yesterday. Rachel Kuhn wins at or is medalist at 6 under par. Kennedy Pedigo, uh sister of Riley Pedigo who played at the University of Oklahoma, I think that Kennedy plays at SMU, uh, finished second uh, in the stroke play portion at four under. So they're off in the round of 64 uh, this morning. Oh,
2: oh sorry. Did you have any more for the US Open? Uh, no,
0: not USAM. And then I was just going to give a shout out to Brooklyn Ben, uh, who is playing well in the Texas State match play for women, I think.
2: Very awesome. very. And the the, the only point I was going to make is we shouted out the guys that were playing, the local guys playing on the Corn Fairy Tour. And I scrolled through this barbersaw and I'm seeing all kinds of local names here. Got our uh, boy Bo Van, Van Pelt's playing, Christoph Ventura. You already mentioned Bob Gellerman, Rean Gibson, a friend of the show's in the field. Um, and so uh, Kevin Tway's in the field. So I noticed a lot of local guys there, so I wanted to make sure to shout them out, too, because I would love to see one of those guys get. Uh, Eckert's in the field as well. So, you know, just the the local guys just keep on piling up.
0: Yeah, and that was a TJGT uh, match play tournament. The Brooklyn Bend nice. of Edmund is playing well. TJGT,
2: very, very big tour.
1: A lot of good stuff. A lot of great junior golf around the area. We'll see how we fare this week with our lineups. WGC should be a lot of fun. We're back next week, Wyndham Championship, and then we'll head on toward the FedEx Cup playoffs. Playoffs! As the PGA Tour season winds down, doesn't mean there won't be good golf in the fall. We got the Ryder Cup coming up, baby. A lot of good stuff on the horizon. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of golf i